So we've been in this series where we're looking at the names of Christ from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And it's such a beautiful passage where the prophet says to wicked King Ahaz, he said, yeah, here's what's going to be a sign. A virgin will give birth to a son and he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. And then a few pages later, uh, the prophet says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and he shall be called, let's say them together, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. So we've been talking about these titles and today we're going to just zero in on this beautiful title of Prince of Peace, and my goodness, this is so powerful. I just love this whole theme. I was reading through the manuscript and felt like it was giving me a little theological correction because, (laughs) (laughs) I haven't told you this yet, last week we were talking about Jesus being Everlasting Father, and I said, well, in the, the list, Everlasting Father describes his relationship to us. He's a father to us, but Prince of Peace describes his relationship to the Father, that in in relation to the Father, he's the Son, the Prince of Peace. Then in the manuscript, you boldly claim that's not at all what it's saying. (laughs) I wasn't going to bring that up, Danny. That was great. (laughs) You never want to correct a preacher, you know, but no, but I knew where you were going with that. Is it okay to say that? Well, I mean, he is the Son of the Father, so I I get that. And, And that's the way we usually think of prince. We think of prince as someone waiting to become something like the king. And, you know, like Prince Charles is waiting to become king of England. Well, his, you know, his mother, bless her heart, Queen Elizabeth, 92 years old, something like that. She endures. So he's, he's, you know, the heir apparent for that. But of course, by the time he becomes the king, when she either abdicates, retires, or dies, uh, uh, he may abdicate and send it right on to, to William. So, He's the prince. So that's the way we think of prince. We think of prince in waiting for something to happen. But that's not what the Hebrew word prince means. Not at all. Not, not at, at all. all. <laughs> what does it mean? Well, it means, it means one who has the right of authority, exclusive right of authority. So when you think of Jesus being the prince of peace, you realize that Jesus alone has the right to this thing called peace. He is, in a, in a way you could say, he is peace's prince. He's the one that owns it. And so the only way to get it is to come through him. That's the beautiful picture. And boy, our world needs peace. Don't you agree? I mean, our, our world is in such tyranny and such heartache and such terror. And, and that can come down into the micro of our own lives too. I think of families. I was driving to church yesterday uh, for the 2.30 performance of the uh, Forever Christmas and there was a man and a woman on Stanton Avenue, and they were just not happy with each other. How did you know? Well, you could just see on both of their faces, they were standing there <laughs> shouting at each other. Wow. And on the side, like standing on the street yelling? Yeah. They were, yeah, they were just having a big fight about something. And, uh, I, you know, I kind of felt maybe I should pull over, you know, and, and then I thought, ah, you know, I don't know. I chickened out, I guess. But... But I thought to myself, you know, that's a microcosm. And I just prayed for him. As I, and maybe you've done the same kind of thing. You think, wow, Lord, there's, just bring your peace into that situation. Mm-hmm. But some of us, you know, we come from families or situations where there's just a lot of disruption, a lot of heartache, a lot of yelling, screaming. I grew up in a little neighborhood where there was a family that was always fighting. And I just remember playing with my childhood friend, Alvin, who's parents were always fighting. And I just remember seeing how he, he was always so discomforted by that. And some of us, you know, there, there's such a lack of peace in our world and in the, in the uh, 
society that we live in, all the hate that's out there. And, and so here we come to this beautiful picture of Jesus who is the Prince of Peace. He is the one exclusively who holds the rights to peace. And I think well, how beautiful it is that we can come to Jesus and get peace. Mm-hmm. Facebook this week, we opened up the opportunity for folks to interact with where they need peace in their life well, and on Instagram as well. And, and you know, there's a, a huge spectrum of, you know, on one hand, we need peace because life is busy. Um, some folks were saying life is hectic, like we talked about last week. Other people talking about, I need peace because of drama, you know, that kind of fighting and backbiting and all that kind of thing happening in my family, or I need peace because of medical issues that I'm facing or a marriage that's falling apart. I need peace, someone said, because uh, I'm caring for someone who's ailing and I'm at their bedside kind of 24-7 and can't get out. And mm. just reminds us that there is, you know, in our own lives and around our community, there are so many reasons why peace is missing. Mm. So what do you think it means that Jesus is the one who offers it, mm. that he is the, the prince of peace? Yeah, well, there's something about him, obviously, that, and being God, I mean, this is God's nature to bring peace. He is the one that owns it. He is the one that um, has created it, really, for us to enjoy. And I think, you know, the first time it shows up in Scripture, which is interesting to me, remember a while back we did a little series on the names of God. And one of the proper names of God, Jehovah, Jehovah Shalom. Uh, Because the word Shalom in the Old Testament, the word peace, Shalom, is not necessarily the absence of conflict. That's the way we usually think of it. In fact, we've just been describing it here as, you know, that couple on the side of the road or, you know, they've got conflict. And who's to argue the fact that we'd love to see the ceasing of conflict? That's really important. But there's something more important than just the ceasing of conflict because when the conflict is over or there's no apparent conflict, there can still be a lack of peace. And so this beautiful picture of shalom is not the absence of something but really the presence of something. And the presence of that something is wholeness, completeness, beauty, uh, serenity, a sense of uh, calm and rest in our lives. And that's, what, that's who God is. God, and, and that's not only who he is, but housed within his nature is this peace that really only he can give to us. And it, it shows up the first time in Judges chapter six in the story of Gideon, where Gideon is, you know, he's hiding from the Midianites And uh, this angel of the Lord, you know, shows up, and I put it in quotations because the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is is a picture of the pre-incarnate Christ. So this is likely to be Jesus himself who shows up and he calls Gideon, mighty warrior, you know, the Lord is with you. Mm -hmm. And and Gideon knows that if God shows up and and if someone sees God, they don't have long to live. I mean, they're going to die because nobody can see God and live. And so Gideon is afraid as he ought to be, but the angel of the Lord says, do not be afraid, for the Lord is with you. And it's a beautiful reminder that God has this way of reminding us, you know, that our fears can be dispelled in him. And then it says in verse 24 that as a result of that, Gideon built an altar to the Lord, and he called it, the Lord is peace, Jehovah Shalom. And that's, you know, I wonder, as I read that text and thought about, this is the first time that name Jehovah Shalom shows up in scripture, I wonder where it's been for us where we've experienced that sense of peace that overrides not only conflict, but that nagging sense of who am I, you know, 
what am I, what am I in this world? Where am I going in this world? What is God's purpose for me? And there's, there's just something very beautiful about kind of experiencing that and being able to say, God is my peace. I, th- I think of the fear that he had standing in the presence of this angel of the Lord that his thought was, I'm going to die because God is with me. Yep. And then God says, no, don't be afraid. God is with you. Yeah. And it feels like God is, on one hand, yes, no one sees the face of the Lord and lives. But on the other hand, it feels like God is even teaching his people, hmm. yes, you should die in my presence because of my holiness and glory. And yet, I am a God who wants to be in relationship with you hmm. in a way that is full of harmony and that the presence of peace um, in the absence of fear, which is pretty cool. Just to think, and even Amen. Jesus himself coming, coming to the world, like yeah. Lindsay said, power wrapped in meekness, that yes. mm. Jesus will come into the world in judgment at the end of time. And yet, as Jesus comes to visit us, uh, we see this Emmanuel, God is with us. Mm. And it's not God is with us to destroy us. It's yes. God is with us to not just be a peaceful presence, but actually to bring peace. Bring peace. Yeah, in fact, when you read the gospel narratives of Christ's birth and you see the Gabriel who comes to Mary, the first thing he says to Mary, the same thing is he says, don't be afraid. And then to the shepherds, you know, glory to God in the highest uh, and goodwill toward peace on earth to, on whom uh, his favor rests. Mm-hmm. I think about how beautiful that is, that this is the way God shows up. He shows up in this magnificent glory And yet there's a sense of, but my peace comes with me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of us, there's some of us here today who've just got a a lot of craziness going on in our lives. And and really, I just want us all to tune in on the fact that Jesus is our peace. You know, that's, uh, we find that all the way through the scripture, which we'll dive into a little bit more. But Mm -hmm. so there's a sense in which I think, you know, the first thing that I wanted, I hope everyone kind of gets is that, If you're really looking for peace, you're not going to find it until you come to Jesus. And only Jesus can give you the peace you're really longing for. Mm -hmm. And that's even what that that verse says, peace on earth, um, peace to all men on whom his favor rests. That it's not just this blanket of peace, but um, to those who live under the favor of God, peace is upon you. What does that mean? Well, it's, it's like the couple I was talking about last week a little bit in my office who lost their 39-year-old daughter uh, about two weeks ago. And, uh, and yet in the heartache of that loss, just to experience peace and, and to know the peace of God. Um, I bumped into another couple walking out this last uh, Thursday night, I think it was, or Friday night, I can't remember. But, you know, they lost their um, 21-year-old daughter this last spring. And uh, she was just on her way to, you know, start her career, graduating from San Diego State, and, and, uh, and her life was taken out just in a crazy freak accident while she's down in Mexico. And, and just seeing them, and they've been on quite a journey, as anyone would be in that situation, but to see in their hearts that there's peace, that God is working peace in their hearts. And I just think about that in, in the crisis moments of life, how beautiful it is, you know. And that's really the thing that you know, I'd like to pivot on a little bit here in, in the fact that, you know, Jesus not only is the one who is peace, but we have to recognize that there are huge things in our lives that demand peace that only God can give. And if we don't have that peace, we're just, we're really going to struggle in life. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that, you know, reading through your manuscript, I love how you start with the first thing that God gives, the first type of circumstance that God gives peace mm-hmm. is our relationship with God mm-hmm. himself. And I think that's I love how you start with that. 
and I feel like that was intentional, just that yeah. that's the foundation, that's the cornerstone, is yeah. our relationship with Christ brings us a peace that surpasses understanding, brings us a peace with God. Yep. Um, I was talking to somebody, I think you've told this story before, but I was talking to someone this week who was in chemotherapy uh, or radiation for cancer treatment. And the radiation nurse came out, or the doctor, whoever it was, came out and said, are you a Christian? And she said, you know, why are you asking? <laughs> you know, and he said, well, I've, I've noticed that when I do these treatments, there are people who just seem like they're at peace. And there are other people who just, their world is falling apart. And, and I'm, so you just seem like you're at peace. And so I'm wondering, I'm kind of keeping a, a little notebook. Are you a Christian? And she said, well, yes. Are you? Know, are you? you know, assuming he would say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian too. I'm building a case against, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and he said, no, I'm not a Christian. But, you know, it's just interesting that I feel like the people that I talk to who have this peace in this room tend to be Christians. And so through the next few months as she went in for radiation, she gave him a book, Gospel of John, and they started talking through it. And, and by the end of that, he and his whole family ended up coming to faith in Jesus. And it, and it started with that, uh, just sensing the peace that God gives to someone who is under the favor of God. And so I think that even the peace that we have with God can be a huge tool that God uses, not just in our own lives, but yeah. to change the world as well. Amen. Wow. Thank you for the reminder of that story. That's so great because really we forget that people see that there's something different about us, you know, in the midst of crisis, in the midst of challenging circumstances, that we actually have uh, a resource that isn't, you know, common. You don't buy at the grocery store or that you don't pick up or that you don't even get through counseling. You, it, it's an intended piece. Uh, you know, Jesus said, I think in John 14, 27, you know, he said, my peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And, and we, we forget that Jesus is our peace. You know, uh, later he says in chapter 16, verse 33 of John, he says, um, he says, in this world you will have trouble. I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take courage, I've overcome the world. So it's like Jesus is reminding us at every, at every corner of life that if we are locked into him, he will bring us that peace in the cancer treatment, in the loss of a child, in the loss of a spouse, in the aging process, in the financial debacle, in the, what, fill in the blank. Well, I do notice, you know, to all the folks that we talk to who are in crisis with a lot of those things, it's, it's way more common than even I would think mm -hmm. to have people on the other side of the phone call or on the other side of the office saying, Honestly, God has given me this amazing peace during this season that, that does, that is that peace that surpasses understanding. Mm. And I know that's not you know, a blanket statement. We don't always have perfect peace. Right. We'll talk about some of those circumstances where yeah. we need peace. And yet, right. there is, I think it is good to remember that being in relationship with God, he does give us the gift of peace a lot of times in those those moments where we desperately need it. Yeah, and I think it, like you said, going back to the point of the starting point, you know, in our lives, because, you know, until that really gets settled, and I think one of the things that people miss out on in life is, you know, in fact, the play kind of points it out, this character, Joe Bailey, who's kind of, you know, he's got a, a and I love the line in the play where it says, my filtered view of myself caused me to not see the reality of who I am, something like that. And I think, like, that's a lot of us, so we think we're okay, we think we have peace. There's a lot of people in our world that if you ask them, like, are you at peace? They say, oh, yeah, I've got peace, you know. But they don't realize that actually, and if you took it a step further and asked, like, well, what about God? Are you at peace with God? And people say, oh, yeah, you know, God and I have this thing, you know, we have this understanding. 
You know, I, I hear people all the time that say this, you know, God and I have worked out the issue, you know, but they've worked it out on their terms. They don't realize that biblically speaking, until or unless we come to a place of surrender and belief in Jesus Christ, we're at enmity with God. I mean, there's this blinder in people's eyes that think that there's like this, it's a, it's a false peace that they've created for themselves. And, you know, I love the line in um, the, the scripture text in Romans 5.1, uh, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's only when we are justified by faith that we actually have this peace mm-hmm. that comes. And so, I don't know, there might be someone here today who religious, you know, uh, Religion will not save you. You might even be attentive to Christianity and sympathetic to Christianity. You might even believe what Christianity asserts, but Christianity won't save you either. Only Jesus can save you. And only Jesus can make you at peace with God. And so, you know, for some people, it's like a wide open moment when they, or an eye opening moment where they realize, wow, you mean there's conflict between me and God? Yes. But God has made provision for that conflict to be over, mm-hmm. and all we need must do is simply trust him, just believe. It's, how, how beautiful is the gospel of Jesus Christ that even though there's this separation, enmity between us and God, God has made a way for us simply by trusting in Jesus to be then made at peace with God. I'm starting to preach here, but it's a conversation, you know, it's like a... <laughs> I get excited about that. That is, that is the one thing we're supposed to preach is the gospel <laughs> yes. of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I think of that couple on the side of the road fighting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, imagine if that couple decided, you know what, we're making a scene. Pastor Larry's going to pull over and he knows us. And... I didn't know the couple. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They may have known you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they decide, okay, you know what, let's get back in our car and then they drive home just in that awkward silence, you know, just staring at the road, crickets, you know, and then they get back home again and they go back and they live in two separate bedrooms and they have these two parallel lives and, you know, someone can say, hey, are you and your wife still fighting? And they say, no, 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 we're, we have an understanding, we're at peace now, you know, but that's not, that's not peace, you know, yeah, and so right. for that, that person, you know, if that's what your relationship with God is like, that, that we have an understanding, we're at peace, there's a chance that, that you don't know that you... Mm. That's not all there is. There is yeah. There's a peace with God is the presence of something, like Larry said, the presence of a, a deep, safe, beautiful, intimate relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the folks who, who might say, hey, God and I have an understanding. It's not like they've come to an agreement and they've worked their things out. Right. It's they've decided not to fight anymore. Right. Probably the person has decided not to fight with God anymore and decided, okay, you know what? I'm just going to do this and God will be quiet and we'll be okay. And they kind of live in their two separate parallel lives with their understanding. Maybe not knowing that a relationship with God is not just a not as tense relationship with the God of the universe. There, there's actually the presence of something that, you know, yes. in the New Testament talks about the idea of the spirit of God coming to dwell in you, that mm. you and God become one in this sense. And it's mm. this beautiful, mm. safe relationship you can exist with God in. And so mm. if you are in a place where yeah, you and God aren't fighting anymore, that's not the end. That's not, you know, sometimes that's not even the beginning. Sometimes that's going backwards. At least when right. you're fighting, you realize it's broken. Really, that next step is to say, you know what, I, I need to step into peace with God. Mm. I think it was, was it Romans 4 or something, where I have peace mm. with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, yeah, through Romans whom 4? I've been yeah. 
given access by grace into this faith in which I now stand, Mm -hmm. uh, that through Jesus and through relationship with him, Mm -hmm. we can have real peace, not just the absence of fighting, but real peace with God. It's awesome. And then when it comes to circumstances in our lives, that peace is attending us too. And that's like where we talk about people who have lost children or or health issues, or aging, or, you know, or just the season you're, of life you're in right now. Mm-hmm. And you might be sitting here thinking like, well, gee, I would love to have a little bit of that peace. How do I get it? Yeah. You know, like, and that's, that's a good question because, you know, let's be honest. I, there are times in my Christian life where I don't sense peace in my heart. You know, there's a lot of turmoil going on. And so maybe we could just take a minute and talk yeah. about how have we, together, we mm-hmm. can just kind of share some stories maybe, what, how... When you're in that moment where things are a little chaotic and you're not, you're kind of missing something deep inside, mm-hmm. you know, how do you access that peace? Because I know it's there mm-hmm. and you do receive it, mm-hmm. but how, where, how does it come? Yeah, I think, you know, for, for me, the way that peace comes is through telling the truth to myself mm-hmm. and choosing to believe it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think I remember a season in my life where I just, I, I always felt condemned that... I just, I screwed up again, oh, I screwed up again, oh, I messed this thing up again, oh, I should have said that, but I didn't say anything, and just felt like every morning I'd wake up and be like, hey, here's another day to mess things up again, you know, that kind of thing, and the scripture that God gave me is, is Romans 8.1, therefore there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and I remember just deciding, you know what, no, anytime I feel like these condemnatory thoughts I need to preach the scriptures to myself that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And in a sense, at first it felt like this platitude that like, oh no, it's probably not that big a deal. Don't worry about it. But it's not a platitude. It's powerful because this is the truth that God declares that I'm realizing when I feel like I'm under condemnation, I'm believing a lie that God has rectified by telling us the truth that because I'm in Christ Jesus, there's now no condemnation for me. And so I think for me, I just kept preaching that message to myself over and over again, memorizing that scripture, meditating on it over and over again hmm. until it started to stick. And, and yet I think that's just a, for me, that's a, a normal part of life. Like we talked about doubts last week that hmm. for me, it's a normal part of life that I wake up at two in the morning and my mind is just spinning with all the things that I regret and I shouldn't have said that and I wish I would have done this and that person's probably mad at me. And, and in those moments, it's prayer and it's reminding myself of the truth of scripture says that mm. God's doing his work through me, mm-hmm. that I'm his vessel. And yes, I'm going to mess up, but I have forgiveness. And most of the time that I feel like that, it's not like I need forgiveness. It's more, mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe I'm trying to control my own life. And I just say, you know what? I'm not in control of how people perceive me or what they think about this or that. Mm-hmm. I, I need to walk with the Lord and trust that he's working in the midst mm. of all that. So mm. I think telling myself the truth mm. of the scriptures is primarily how I kind of get myself out of that. That's awesome. You have a secret? Yeah. No, I mean, I love meditation or something. I think that's exactly what all of us need to be thinking about is like, well, what is the truth that I need to apply right now that God's word tells me? And another one that kind of hits me along those lines is Romans 8, 28, which says, we know that God causes all things to work together for good. So one of the things that gives me peace when my life is chaotic and in turmoil or I just have that like separation anxiety, so to speak, of, you know, like, I know I should be at peace, but I don't have it. Mm-hmm. I have to stop and, yes, confess what is true. And what, part of that, what is true is realizing that God's going to use this turmoil in my life somehow for my good and for his glory. 
And that's a promise that he gives us in scripture. And so it's like, yeah, if we could claim the promises of God when we feel sort of like we're, you know, in crisis, I think it does sort of tune us back into what, what peace is about. You think of the life of Job, you know, Job was, he was the most godly man on the planet, and yet, you know, he was put through this crucible of a test that he didn't expect, he didn't know about, and he never knew about, mm-hmm. but God was faithful to Job all the way through that test. But it's, it's you know, I think, you know, there were moments as you read Job's account, he was really in turmoil. And of course, thankfully, we're under the new covenant where the spirit of God lives within us. Job didn't have the spirit within him. Job had the spirit that came upon him. But we have this resident peacemaker and giver that lives within us. And so, you know, it's, it's I don't know. I, that, that's one thing that I think about is not only um, confessing what is true, but then seeing that whatever it is that's going on right now in my life, God's going to somehow use, even though I don't see what that's going to be. And that's where faith in Jesus does bring peace, because beyond the specific scriptures that give us peace in those moments, if you really do believe Mm -hmm. that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him, then it starts to, like you're saying, trickle out into the way that you experience circumstances in life, where... I feel like the, the farther I go in my Christian journey, the easier it is to face adverse circumstances and just tell myself, this is part of the process, right? We live in a fallen world. Everything wars against each other. And, you know, and part of that is just going through life. And you realize, okay, when, when you're working with a couple whose marriage is falling apart, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Or if you need to go and implement change in your life or your family or your business or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to hate it at first and then they're going to come along to You know, that, that's part of the process that mm-hmm. as God works through us, he doesn't take us on some like carpool lane around all the issues in this world. He walks with us through all the highs and lows of this world. And so when we get the pushback or we get the anger or we see the life is falling apart and we believe these things, it's mm-hmm. easier to say, I trust God, this is part of the process. He does cause all things to work together. He's doing something here, or I don't know what it is, and it's not a platitude anymore because yeah. you've, you don't just believe yeah. it because it's true, but you've seen God yeah. work in that way before. Yeah, putting teeth in it. You know, in fact, as you were saying that, I was thinking we can actually get a jump on peace by doing what the scripture tells us to do because sometimes we find ourselves, okay, we're in the crisis, and okay, then we remember, okay, this is what's true, or God's gonna use this in my life. But there's actually something we can do as a precursor to that. That moment when you start feeling that anxiety. You know, I love Philippians 4, 6. And we say it a lot around here. It's really a common verse that we've shared. But Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious in nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request to God. And then it says, The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so there's a... You know, we can get a jump on it by when we have these anxious moments before we're even in the crisis where we just, it's like something's not right in our world. You know what I'm talking about? You just feel that something's not right. Why don't we just take a minute and trust in Christ and say, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. And one of the things that hit me about that as, as you study that text where it says the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. That word guard there is a word that describes uh, like a soldier or a garrison that protects from the enemy. And so when we don't 
when we don't pray and supplicate, you know, like make our petitions with thanksgiving, that's anticipation of what God's going to do. When we don't do that, we actually open ourselves up for the enemy to come in and really kind of wreak havoc in our lives. So I think there's a, we can get a jump on it by prayer and getting before the Lord and really giving those anxious moments to him. And if, if peace is, like we've been saying, not the absence of something, but the presence of something, then the idea of giving your anxiety to God isn't just this flippant, like, oh, I don't need it anymore, God has it now. But A, you gave it to him like you put your money in the bank, that kind of thing, he's guarding it. Yep. And then B, you're actually praying that he would give you something. You're not just saying, yeah. I'm not going to care anymore, God took it from me. Hmm. But you're going to the Lord and saying, here's this anxiety, I need you to replace this with some peace and believe that God loves to answer that request Amen. to give you peace, not just to make you not care about this terrible thing that's happening Amen. in your life that you're anxious about. Have you ever had an experience, maybe just we could, I don't know what you might think of, and if you can't think of something right off, I maybe jump in on it too, but like when you felt that peace, when, when you were in that anxious moment and that peace came, any experience you think about? I think the... You know, my, my mind goes to the, uh, the hospital when my mom passed away. Hmm. And I remember us sitting there wondering, what am, I, what am I supposed to feel right now in these last few minutes of this person's life, my mother's life, not just a person, you know? And so I opened the scriptures and started looking for what do people do when someone important dies? And I didn't find anything. You know, the, the scriptures just said, and then he was buried and returned to his father. And then he was buried. And then he was buried. And I, all of a sudden, I started seeing that death was just this part of life that King David died and was buried. And Abraham died and was buried. And all these people died and were buried. And then a few you know, moments later, when the, you know, the, the thing stopped moving and all that, uh, there was this initial like inhale of terror um, and despair. And then this exhale of just intimacy and peace within my family mm. that was hard still, but mm. was not, it was something, like a moment that I cherish looking back at, not wow. a moment that gives me pain. Wow. It was like a gift that God gave us together in that place. Wow. And you know, I never thought of it as a gift of peace per se, Wow. But that's probably what, what comes to mind. That's interesting you would bring her up. I was thinking about your mom today when I was driving into church, and I was thinking how proud Anne-Marie would be if she knew today that in two weeks you were going to be the senior pastor of this church. And I just thought, you know, I was thinking about her. <laughs> and, you know, and maybe the Lord parts the curtain a little bit and says, hey, Anne-Marie, hey, come over here. you got to look at this. You know, who would have ever thought? You know, that kind of thing. So... Uh, thanks for bringing up that story. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's powerful. Yeah. It's just for the 8 o'clock service. Don't tell your friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, yeah. You know, isn't it beautiful, you know, when you've got a crisis going and you have that peace. We had a, a, a weird experience. About five, six years ago, our daughter was, Katie, was uh, in Europe and she was um, serving over there uh, working uh, as an English teacher. And... Um, Wow, this is probably a long story, but the point is, I'll just get right to the punchline. Somebody got in touch with one of our pastors and said, hey, I got this really weird message that 
uh, Katie died. And, and so he was asking if I had talked to her recently. And it was just, it just like, whoa. And he showed me this email that someone had sent saying that um, she had been in an accident and they were trying to reach family or something. And it was just so bizarre. But in that moment, I thought, here I'm, I'm, I'm talking to one of our pastors and he's asking me this question. And I just remember in my heart just going like, oh no, you know, this is the parent's worst nightmare, worst fear. And it's happened to many other people. The fact that we've escaped that reality is only by the grace of God. And God has a plan for everybody. But in that moment, Danny, I remember thinking at first the terror, like you said, but then this amazing abiding peace that came over my heart. And, you know, just to know that, and thankfully that was, it was not the case. It was a really weird circumstance. Someone with the same name doing the same kind of thing in that country, just a really weird circumstance. But um, it, was, it was nice to say, wow, Lord, in that moment, I, I felt your peace. Mm. And, and that's what, I, I just hope everyone here has that reality in our lives today and I know our time is up but I want to just maybe just jump into the invitation moment and Danny if you would be kind to lend an opportunity for anybody right now that just wants to open their heart and be made at peace with God Mm -hmm. in this closing moment because this would be a great Sunday to do that right I mean the Sunday where we celebrate that Jesus came why to save us from our sins and so absolutely I love to do that but first you have to give us a word you give us a word every week oh yeah so the word, I, I've been thinking about this. I'm going to give two words. This is a bonus Sunday, two oh, words today. Christmas gift. Christmas Adam Christmas gift. Christmas gift, yes. I, I feel like the first word that came to me was rest. Rest in the peace that God gives to us. And the second word that I want to give is share. That we need to share this peace that we have with people that are around us who really need this peace. So those are the two words I'm going to take into this week as I think about Jesus being Prince of Peace. Rest and share. Hopefully you get some rest this week and next Sunday you get to share with us your last sermon as Senior Pastor of Three Crosses. Do you have peace about that? I do. I'm so excited to get back into the preaching mode. I'm, I'm leaving it all on the platform next week so you got to Carve be out some extra time for an extra long service next week. We're just going to have one three hour service. <laughs> Let's Let's pray together. Let's go to prayer. Amen.